welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 122. Never say I can't, always say how can I. In the early days of my weight training career, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos, doing research, talking to people that I knew, getting recommendations, gathering a lot of data, right? And this is generally true for any pursuit that you start to get interested in. You'll begin gathering data in the beginning and for a few months or a few years, depending on what the pursuit is, you'll continue to gather data. And as you start to get better and your systems start to run themselves and you've achieved your objective, the gathering data stops, right? But I remember watching a particular YouTube channel, which was also a blog at the time, called Powerlifting to Win. And it was run by this guy, Izzy Navarez, I think is his name, and I might be mispronouncing that, but a lot of his content was focused specifically around powerlifting. Not, you know, bodybuilding, not Olympic lifting, but powerlifting competitions, right? How to maximize your bench squat and deadlift, right? All of these super specific things. And when I started to realize that I had let's say, you know, a genetic advantage for powerlifting, I started getting interested in strength and, you know, not so much physique anymore. I bought his ebook, which I think at the time was actually free. You could just donate for it. Now you have to pay for it regardless, which is still worth it. I do recommend it. But I bought his ebook and it's called Powerlifting to Win. I read through the whole thing. And one of the things that really stood out to me was that for, you know, the first few stages, you know, the novice stage and maybe the later novice stage, he had you training three days a week. And if you've downloaded the Warrior King training protocol, you will know that for all the stages in the Warrior King training protocol, you train three days a week. Now, I remember reading this and, you know, starting to apply some of the lessons and some of the weeks and finding a lot of them to be, or many of them, I should say, to be very useful. But... I wondered, I asked myself, is it necessary to add more and more frequency as you start to advance as an athlete, right? You know, three days a week in the beginning is doable, but can you do four? Can you do five, right? And long story short, the result of this sort of thought experiment was the Warrior King training protocol, right? I've been training weight training for more than 10 years at this point. I'm still training three days a week, each training session being less than an hour, right? About 45, 50 minutes, maybe. Now, why am I telling this story, right? What's, what's the point here? Do, do you need all of this background on the Warrior King training protocol? Well, no. But this story is supposed to illustrate the topic that we'll be talking about today, which is a saying that I have that I repeat to my guys all the time, which is, never say I can't, always say how can I, right? And this is not an original thought. This is something that I must have read or heard years ago and started using a lot because the idea is such a strong heuristic for you to be able to squeeze as much juice as possible out of any situation, any system, any, you know, conflict you might be in or any problem you might be solving, to ask yourself, what is it I'm trying to achieve? And then rather than looking at the outcome and saying, "Ah, I can't be done, ask yourself hypothetically, if I could, how would I, right? How can I? That's the idea here. So let's take another example, right? Let's say you wanted to learn a language, like Spanish maybe, or French, to fluency in three months. 
Well, you might say, ah, I can't be done. And then you stop thinking about it. But if instead you ask yourself, how could it be done? Right, just as a thought experiment, hypothetically, how could it be done? Is there a way to learn this language in 90 days? Is there a way to train as an advanced athlete training less than three hours a week? How might that look, right? What are the principles that I know? Can I de- Can I go to first principles, right? I think this is something that we've talked about before. This idea of deconstruction issues, going to first principles and seeing what it is I'm trying to do. Right, to give another example of this, uh, a real life example. I think this is a quote from Henry Ford and someone correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think it's Henry Ford who said this in regards to the invention of the car, right? He says, if we'd given the people what they wanted we'd have given them faster horses. So if you ask yourself, if you go back to first principles and you ask yourself, how can I make the horse faster? There's only so much you can do, right? Maybe you invent better horseshoes, maybe you breed them better. There is a limit. The physiology, the biology of the horse is your limit. But if you take it back one step and ask yourself, what am I actually trying to achieve? It's not faster horses. It's going from point A to point B faster. And then you might say, well, how can I do that the best? Is it using a horse? Well, it's the accepted method. But maybe I can build a construction that burns some sort of fuel, right? Like wood or, or gasoline or something, right? I'm sort of faking this thought process here. And then it turns wheels very, very, very quickly. And voila, you would come up with an idea for what would eventually turn into a car. So if we take this back to the example of language learning, right? We said Spanish or French, 90 days seems like a lot. But if you ask yourself, how much free time do I have in my day? What are times where I'm doing things that I could turn into also using for language study, right? One of the things that I started doing recently, I've been studying Italian just, you know, as a hobby, wanting to enrich myself working on the Warrior King commitment of mind, wanting to learn another language. As most of you know, I'm fluent in German and English. I would like to add a third language to that roster. Well, one of the things I like to do in the evenings is to watch some TV, maybe a movie before going to bed, before starting my evening routine and going to bed. And that's maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Well, there was a study done where they took people who were native Spanish speakers who were trying to learn English and this commonly, you know, touted practice of watching a movie in your target language and that should help you learn the language better. They wanted to put that to the test. So we're going to take native Spanish speakers, they said, and we're going to have them watch an English movie, which was the target language with Spanish subtitles. Then we're going to have a second group watching the English movie with no subtitles. And then the third group will watch the English movie with English subtitles. Well, what was interesting about this is that they found out that watching the movie in your target language with your native language subtitles led to a 0% improvement in your target language skills. 0% made no difference. If you're watching the movie in your target language with no subtitles, 7% improvement. That's not bad. But if you watch it in your target language with target language subtitles. So in their case, English movie with English subtitles. In my case, I'm sure you can see where this is going, Italian movie with Italian subtitles. The improvement in the language speaking skills was 17%. So you might start to realize there's something I'm already doing that I can tweak a little bit and maybe won't be quite as enjoyable as it usually is for me. But it'll be close. And I've just added another hour and a half of activities that are going to make my language learning a lot easier. Right, So you start to think about things like this, like, how can I do it in 90 days? And maybe the best answer you come up with is something you're not willing to commit to, and that's fine. But you might be surprised if you go through this process and ask yourself, how can I achieve 
this objective, that you come up with a method and you're like, this actually can be done. Right? So to go back to the original example that I started this with, right? The Warrior King training protocol. I asked myself, what are the principles required to continue to build strength and to build size? And that's why if you read the Warrior King training protocol, we have the, and I forgot what I called them, it's been so long, but these like pillars of the principles of the Warrior King training methodology, right? The broad to narrow principle and and the, um, what is it? Uh, I'm blanking on the word. Adaption that comes from lifting heavier weights. Progressive overload. There it is. Progressive overload or, or programming, right? You can tell it's been a while. If we start to apply these principles that we know yield muscle growth, we actually start to realize that it's not about how many days a week you train, although frequency is important, of course, is one of the things I talk about. But if you train full body, and if you train large movements, you get a lot of bang for your buck. And it turns out that training three days a week, even as an advanced athlete, as long as you're keeping volume high at the beginning of the cycle, slowly tailoring, tapering it down and tapering up the intensity, you start to cause a lot of adaption, right? The all-time strongest I'd ever been was by running the stage five program, which is a four-week cycle, a couple of you know, months in a row, and it builds up very quickly. So this heuristic becomes hugely functional for you. Now, what I wanted to do when I first wrote this topic idea down, one of the things I wanted to talk about is the psychology behind this. Right? If you come across a problem, if you get stuck on a particular issue, and you say to yourself, it can't be done. There's this thing I'm trying to do, it can't be done, I won't be able to pull it off. Your brain says, okay, well, you know, we're not doing this, so I don't have to think about this, I can think about something else. I can think about what's for dinner today, or I can think about this problem at work that I've been trying to solve, whatever it is. But if you ask yourself, how can I? You start actively looking for any way to make a particular thing happen. And you might be surprised, right? Let's say you want to, I don't know, build yourself a really powerful computer, or you want to have a really powerful, you want to buy a really powerful computer. And you think, I can't get the performance I want for less than $1,500 or something. But if you start asking yourself, how can I get the performance I want out of this machine for less than $1,500? You might come up with ideas like, can I get it used? Right? All of a sudden you find these websites where you can buy refurbished machines that are virtually new, but cost a lot less. Or maybe you decide, I'm going to build it myself. I'm going to do a little bit of studying, a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, and I'm going to build my own PC, which can be very powerful, but because I piece it together modularly, it'll cost a lot less. But if you told yourself, you just accepted this reality that you can't get a good machine for less than $1,500, you're done, well, then that has become your reality. It's almost, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in many ways. So the brain has to be enticed to use its resources, right? This is one thing we know about the brain. It weighs, I want to say 3% of your total body weight is your brain. And it uses something like 20% of the calories that you burn in a day. It is a very expensive organ to run. So your brain's lazy. It's unfortunate, but your brain is lazy. It doesn't want to use more energy than it has to. So one of the impetuses, or is it impetus? I'm not quite sure. One of the things that the warrior king has to do is train himself to think when he doesn't want to think. 
to use his brain when he doesn't want to use his brain, when your first instinct is to not think about something, to defer something, to, to not tackle an issue, you have to learn to fight that urge. You have to learn to ask yourself, can I think this through? Can I come up with a method without, of course, going into overthinking? I don't want to encourage anyone to overthink. If you've run a problem through your head a few times and you can't find a solution, sometimes you have to accept it. But if you're prone to the opposite, making the sentence, never say I can, always say, or never say I can't, always say how can I, making that part of your problem-solving method is one of the most powerful things you can do as a man. If you are faced with problems and you constantly say to yourself, I can't do it. This isn't about manifestation or anything. If you are faced with problems and you constantly say, I can't do it, you are teaching yourself not to analyze problems for a better solution or any solution. And you can't afford that. If you're doing difficult things, you can't afford to be lax and lenient with yourself and with your thinking methods to the point where you're not trying to consider, is there a way out of this? So we need to continue to look for solutions as long as there's things we haven't tried if the problem is important enough. A lot of times, the resources required to think about something or to implement the solution might not be the outcome. But sometimes, they are. Right? One of the things that I continue to tweak, one of the things that I continue to try to make better is the morning routine. And I actually want to do a field log on this. Eventually, we've talked about rising early recently, but I've had some, let's say, upgrades in my morning routine recently that I really want to talk through that I think are very useful for you guys. So that is on the list. But one thing I started doing recently, I was having a really, really hard time getting out of bed when my alarm went off, right? Usually I start my wrap up process around 940 by about 1020, I'm done with my evening routine. I've done my evening prayers. I've, I've done spiritual reading, all of the things to, you know, calm me down, relax, get me ready for sleep. I take a warm shower before bed, just rinsing off with warm water, brush my teeth, wash my face, those kinds of things, hair care, whatever. And then I lay down, I read for a little bit, I fall asleep, and then I try to wake up at 720. I used to not be able to get out of bed at 720. My sleep was so poor until I learned one thing. I continued to try to improve my sleep. And I learned recently that this works best for me. And I've been suggesting this to a lot of people. It's sort of a tweak on what I've been doing. To first thing in the morning, when you wake up, within 90 seconds, start working. The very first thing you do, of course, you know, you wake up, do the sign of the cross, thank God for another day, get up, sit down at your desk or whatever it is that you do for work, you know, throw on some clothes, go into the shop, or, you know, if you work from an office, wake up early enough to do some sort of personal work. But the first thing you need to do is some type of work after seeing a quick prayer, of course. And then I do morning prayers in full after the first work block. Believe it or not, that has been the most powerful thing I've ever done to get myself to get out of bed effortlessly. Because you drag yourself to the desk half awake, maybe there's that thought kind of in the back of your mind that I don't want to be doing this right now. But the second you sit down at the desk, your brain is already in an advantageous brain state, close to, I think, delta or theta waves, where flow comes very naturally. So you start working and immediately you fall into flow. You're working in a flow state. And that 40 minutes to an hour, which is about how long I'm doing it, passes very quickly. And then you're alert, you're awake, you don't feel bad, you feel well rested. And you're sleeping better at night because you're getting up when you told yourself you would. 
So your body gets tired when it's supposed to because it knows, well, we're getting up at 7.20 no matter what. Right? This is one of the things I talked about in the Rise Early episode. Seven days a week. So I continued to try to solve this problem. I didn't say I can't have good sleep. I don't accept that proposition. Everyone should be able to have good sleep. It is not natural for a human being to have bad sleep. So use your supplements. Form well before bed. Take a warm shower to cool your body temperature off. Have the house at a, or apartment at a very low temperature, 65, 66 degrees, using air conditioning. No lights, right? No electronics. Put your phone on airplane mode, or better yet, take it outside of the room. Have a comfortable bed. Whatever you need to do in the morning, get some sunlight, right? It's not the first thing I do now, but you want to set your circadian rhythm by getting some sunlight. Hold off on your coffee so that you don't crash, right? Wait at least 90 minutes. There's another thing that's nice about working, first thing, is I don't drink my coffee first thing. So I, th- I think that that should make this principle understandable at this point. We've given enough examples that you don't have the luxury of saying to yourself, I can't do this without at least asking yourself at least once, please. Do yourself a favor, do the people who depend on you a favor, at least once, ask yourself, how can I? I can't have a good wardrobe for $300. No. How can I have a good wardrobe for $300? What can I do to spend only $300 to have a really good wardrobe? There's lots of stuff to sell, quite inexpensive, decent quality suits, and button downs, and Dahlia's in the background scratching at the filing cabinet, so if you hear that, she's saying hello. There are ways to do it. Don't say to yourself, I can't eat healthy and enjoy it to the point where, of course, I'm not a huge fan of having incredible food all the time, but I think we should live aesthetically. But I can't eat healthy and enjoy it to the point where I'll continue to eat healthy. Say, how can I? What can I do to make simple, healthy foods taste good enough to where I'm satisfied with my meal at least, right? Even if it's not McDonald's or Pizza Hut or whatever. Whatever your... You know, pick your poison. Mine is Domino's. I'm a big fan, which, you know, shame on me. How can I? So what I want you to do today, this is one of those very classic moments. I want you to, right now, whatever it is that you're doing, as long as it's safe to do do so, I want you to pull out your notes app. I want you to pull out your physical notebook, right? Whatever it is that you use. I want want you to pull out your calendar. I want you to to walk to your whiteboard and write this down. Spend six minutes today. Block off six minutes sometime, you know, 8.15 to 8.21, whatever it is. Block off six minutes to think about what is one problem that either recently or right now I had come across my desk, right, or there's something I wanted to achieve and I'm like, it can't be done. And just do this exercise one time. How can I get as creative as you can, right? I don't have enough money or I don't have a car to go to the gym. I can't get into shape. No, no, no. How can I? Can you get a kettlebell? Can you get a set of adjustable dumbbells into a dumbbell-only workout? Can you get into calisthenics? Right? Can you get a set of rings and do a ring workout? Or maybe you're in a job that's very draining and you want to pivot into a new career and you feel like you don't have enough time to study. How can I? Is there something I'm doing every Saturday that I can cut so I can have some time to study and over the course of the next 52 weeks, I can build a skill set to leave this career for another career? 
Is there a way that I can stay in the same field, transition to a different place where I'm getting paid a little less, but I work less time so that I can free up the time for the transition? How can I come up with an idea or multiple if you can and see which one is palatable so that you can achieve whatever goal it is that you need to be achieving right now? So today, ask yourself that question. And the next time you come across a problem, ask yourself that question. Don't say, I can't. Always say, how can I? That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.